0: You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech fan podcast number 171. Tim, David, we discuss uh, CGI in movies, all the other different podcasts in uh, the Stoplight Network, and our winners for Lego Marvel Superheroes. Okay, before uh, we get to the actual recording uh, that David and I did just a little bit ago, I wanted to say that David's going to sound a little bit different uh, on this episode, and that's because unfortunately, and it wasn't picked up during the when David and I was talking. There's this really annoying buzz that's only on his track of the audio, and uh, it wasn't coming from him. It's actually coming from something on my system because. When I recorded, um, well, the intro to the music, um, you know, Tech Fan Podcast 171, this week we talk about blah, blah, blah. When I did that and I listened to it back, I could hear this buzz, but it's only coming from his track in GarageBand. So unfortunately, it was uh, really, really loud and annoying. And it's throughout his entire uh, portion of the show, Whenever, well, it's on his track, so you hear it the whole time. So uh, what I'm getting at is I had to edit the show and I had to reduce the sound uh, via equalization of the higher notes, the uh, the higher frequencies, if you will. So he's going to sound a little bit different and you'll still hear the buzz a tiny bit. Uh, the only way to completely eliminate it, he sounds like he's talking into a pillow. None of that was David's fault. It's again, something on my end. But I did want to release the show. I didn't want to uh, scrap the whole thing. It's, a, I think, a really entertaining episode of Tech Fan. I hope you like it. But I did want to explain right up here at the beginning, uh, before we get into the show itself why david sounds a little funny i apologize for that uh, i couldn't hear it in my headphones as the show was actually recording it was only in post-production that i heard this sound and i did my best to eliminate it for the most part you still hear it a little bit but in the original recording it's really loud it's really lo- annoying and i could not release these, this episode with that sound in there so with that here is a tech fan fan One Seventy One. I'm Tim Robertson, and who's that on the other line over there?
1: It's me, David C. Hi, David.
0: How's it going? <laughs> Good. It's crazy, as you well know, for me right now. But yeah, uh, you got to have a little crazy in your life sometimes, right?
1: Well, as you've just been saying, saying, so, and yet you keep thinking up new ideas to do extra things.
0: I know it. It's. Oh, uh, uh, what are you going to do though, right? Oh, I know. So, see,
1: see, with you, you're thinking up new things to yourself. With me, things keep happening to me that make me too busy. So, my wife sent me a picture the other day, and we have plants growing through the roof of one of the rooms in our house.
0: Hmm. I'm so you're at, trying to speak, build? Out, yeah. <laughs> you're you're making your own sunroof in yeah, the house.
1: Well, this, this appears to be what I'm doing. Yeah, so not by not by design.
0: This is well, something
1: you, that Mother you, Nature is throwing on me, like I'm poison ivy.
0: Well, I got a good solution for you. All you have to do is go out and buy uh, a fairly decent one. You don't want to get a cheap one. I mean, this is going to be on the roof. Uh, an all-glass aquarium, yeah. and you put that on top of the roof, right above where the hole is going, and you uh, seal it up really good so no water can get into it, and there you go. It's a little sunroom. You get a little fresh air or fresh uh, sunshine coming through. I like the sound of it. You know, could turn it into a positive, man. <laughs>
1: I, think, I think I'm think i going to go out there with a flamethrower and uh,
0: have a conversation <laughs> with <the> plant. <laughs> just a plant. a spray aerosol and a Bic lighter and you're good to go. You exactly. don't actually have to get a, an actual flamethrower.
1: Do you see that guy who burnt his house down doing that? He no. He's trying to kill a spider with it. Uh, <laughs> and basically his house caught
0: fire. Yeah, my, I think my <laughs> wife and kids could actually sympathize with the spider getting rid of thing. Uh, yeah. I don't particularly like spiders, but they don't freak me out either.
1: Oh.
0: Uh, oh. It's I don't know. A lot of people are... Do you have any phobias when it comes to... Bugs or critters or reptiles or anything
1: uh, I don't really like them on me, but i it's not
0: well, I don't think I'm anybody the sort of, likes them on
1: yeah them. but but it's not the sort I'm not the sort of person who would run out of a room because they were in there, and I'm certainly not capable of dealing with them in a way that doesn't involve extreme violence and also you know burning your
0: house down <laughs>
1: yeah, and also means like can you know i mean if I find something like that in the house i'll I'll stick a glass over it and i'll Slide a piece of card underneath. And I'll take it out and throw it out in the garden. I won't, um, you know, kill it with extreme prejudice or anything like that. And, and yeah, I won't freak out. But my my kids, um, my kids in particular, my son. We were having dinner last night, and the window was open. It's hot here, and uh, there was a couple of flies buzzing around the corner of the room, and he, they completely freaked him out.
0: <laughs>
1: you know. And I said, I said, look, you're about two hundred and fifty times the size of them. Yeah. <laughs> no. You're so big, they don't even understand what you are. <laughs> no,
0: you're 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 some kind of a giant pink creature to yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. That uh, I, I try to tell the kids, spiders are not a bad thing to have. They eat the other bugs. So yeah. if you start getting flies, you hope you get spiders because the spiders will eat the flies. So yeah. I don't know. The, the we keep getting moths getting in the house somehow. I think I know where. I'm just too lazy to fix the problem. And they've got into the kids' room at night. And Cole's out cold. He doesn't care. But Brooke just freaks out because there's a moth in her room. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyways, let's talk about technology. Let's talk about what's going on here on this show, David. So as you know, for the last two weeks, we've been promoting uh, a giveaway that we were doing. And it was for Lego Marvel superheroes. We've got two codes to give away for steam and i actually went and uh ran it through the little email filter and it picked uh, actually it picked five, two, uh, yeah. three for the my mac podcast and two for us now here's the thing i don't know if these people actually listen to te- well uh let me go back i know these two listen to TechFam because i looked at the dates that they entered and they hadn't promoted on the my mac show yet <laughs> yeah, so these fine. are definitely our listeners what i don't know is if the three listeners that it randomly selected for the MyMac podcast are actually MyMac listeners or tech fan listeners. But let's be honest, you should be listening to both shows, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Twice, our,
1: twice every week, really. It,
0: it, at least. It, we've got a huge back catalog. It's You'll never run out of stuff to listen to. Um, our two winners then, and we want to thank Feral Interactive for uh, giving us the codes to give away. And you know, David, to be honest, I had a lot of fun... Uh, giving something away we used to do it quite often at the MyMac podcast back in the day um I, I think i did even more before even you and uh guy joined that podcast i mean i used to give stuff away all the time it's good pr for the companies you know it's basically a free commercial it really doesn't cost them much unless it's a physical item but if it's just a code like these it doesn't cost them anything so it's it's really yeah. free publicity for them and for the listeners you get free stuff and who doesn't yeah. like free stuff? I know I do. Mm, um, so this week, uh, the winners are Simon Parnell and Miguel Kekon. Cas- I, I Cacon. think that
1: might be Shakon. Shakon.
0: Shakon. Shakon. Chakakon. 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 Oh, dear. So he's gone off again. I have. I'm an 80s kid. What do you expect? So congratulations to uh, McGill and Simon. You guys won the Lego Marvel superheroes on steam codes. I've already emailed them to you. So you should have them in your email box. If you haven't checked yet, go check, take a look. If you look and you don't have them, hit me up with an email and I'll make sure you get them because it's a unique code to each of you and I'll make sure you get that code. So congratulations. And once again, thanks to Feral interactive for providing these codes and, uh, I really like doing this, and I think we're going to do it again. In fact, I've already reached out to uh, a couple companies asking if they would be interested in doing a, a giveaway on uh, a couple of our shows. Because I, I kind of like yeah. the idea of spreading it around as well, not just here on Tech Fan. You know, get like four codes. You know that we can give it away on any number of shows in the Stoplight Network, and uh, cool. you know, sh- share the fun. So, have we got new shows in the Stoplight Network? We've got quite a few sh- new shows. Uh, it's almost like you're reading notes and knowing where we're going with this, isn't it? Have you gone up to uh, StoplightNetwork.com lately, David? I have not, but I'm just about to. Yeah, you should go, go there. there. We, uh, I did a big update this week to that website. It was getting a little long in the tooth the way it looked before. Plus, I had some shows that... Here's the thing about podcasting. Um, some people, they get into podcasting and they continue it. They keep doing it. Other people get into podcasting and they, they get very excited. They're they're happy to do it. They think they're going to be a big star right away. And it's called Podfade. In fact, um, Allison Sheridan talked about the subject a little bit uh, a couple episodes ago on OWC Radio, the other podcast that I do. And so we had, oh, five different shows that the people just stopped recording. They just, they just aren't doing it anymore. So I took them down as far as active shows, their old shows are still on the website. Uh, But as far as active shows with graphics on the site, they're not there. So all the shows that we link to now, if you go to stoplightnetwork.com, look on the right hand side and you'll see show links. Those are all active shows in the stoplight network. In fact, two of them right now are brand new. Uh, the first one is actually a returning champion, David. Uh, sure. we had, <laughs> I don't know why I call it that. Uh, <laughs> there was a, there was a web, there was a podcast that we did partnered up with and they were part of the original my Mac podcasting network. You remember the stoplight network grew out of the my Mac podcasting network. Yep. Uh, by that, I mean, <clears throat> When we first started the network, we just called it the MyMac Podcasting Network. And that didn't really work because it's not just about Macs. In fact, it's not just about technology. So we wanted to change the network name to kind of be more inclusive to other types of podcasts that may benefit from joining a network and getting, you know, PR and, and marketing for their show and start helping build their show with a new audience. And so we changed it over the Stoplight Network. At the time, uh, his name is uh, Greg Holdsworth, was doing a show called Your Own Victory Garden. Now, this is about gardening, so it has nothing to do with Max or even technology, uh, but it's an interesting podcast. I'm not a gardener, but I've listened to all of his shows so far. And he got it fired back up. So it's five years since the last episode. (laughs) And he was actually on the My Mac podcast a couple weeks ago to promote the return of his show. It is live again. And uh, you can either subscribe directly to his show, and you can find the link to it at the StoplightNetwork.com website. Or you can subscribe to the Stoplight Network feed in iTunes, and you can get all the shows that we produce or we promote. Yeah.
1: I think I might have to drop Greg an email to discuss my plant through the water problems.
0: <laughs> I, I don't think it's a problem. I think you got to. I'm serious. You got to look at it as an yeah. opportunity. You really do. Um, so your own victory garden, uh, one episode so far has been released just, uh, the beginning of this week or end of last week. I forget at this point, to be honest, but Greg's back at it. And, uh, I'm happy to have him back with us, to be honest. It's a, cool. it's a really good show. And, uh, Hopefully he won't get pod fade this time. (laughs) It happens to a lot of people, though. Uh, The other new show, and it just started up this week, is called Club Xbox. Now, Tim Chatton has been doing uh, the Nintendo podcast for two years now or so, something like that. He's up to 61 episodes, so going on two years anyways, and... I really like listening to the Nintendo stuff. Well, he went out and bought, uh, Target had this really big promotion about video games, oh, a month ago or so. And Tim went and dropped uh, a couple dimes on a brand new PS4 and an Xbox One. And he's really digging both of those systems on top of the Wii U and the other Nintendo stuff that he has and it's inspired him to start a new podcast called club xbox and the first episode is now available i'll be honest with you we actually went and changed it was the nintendo club podcast we changed it and it's called club nintendo now so he has club nintendo and he has club xbox and there might be another one coming soon in fact i know there is he's going to launch Club PlayStation as well soon.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, I could see the theme developing. Well, I like I've
0: already he- seen his graphics for the next, for yeah. Club, P- Club PlayStation. It's probably next month that one will launch.
1: I like how he, um, each show is not like podcast number or anything. It's level. It's level. level. level yeah. Six.
0: Well, to be, cool. to be fair, he didn't start that. That was actually started by Mark Greentree. Yeah. Um, and Mark Greentree is the one who actually started the, the Nintendo Club podcast with Tim, but Mark kind of backed away from a lot of the other podcasts he was doing and uh, concentrating pretty much exclusively on his own show. Uh, And Mm -hmm. he was also doing Geekiest Show Ever. Now, Geekiest Show Ever was something that we've discussed before, David. That was something that you, me, and Guy Searle started seven years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's gone through a, a bunch of different hosts at this point, but the guys that are doing it now has been doing it for like two and a half, three years at this point, maybe even longer. I'm not sure. Uh, But it's still going strong. They release usually a weekly show, unless one of them's on vacation or something, or holiday, as you guys call it over there in in Europe. And uh, so that's still going strong. But we're getting a lot of new podcasts. There's a a good collection of different stuff you can listen to. In fact, if you subscribe to all of the shows in the network, you could literally listen to a brand new podcast every day without repeating anything. And I wanted to bring this up, David, because I want to put it back out there that if someone listening to this show has ever thought about starting their own podcast, and I don't really care what the subject is, um, well, to a certain extent, if you want to start a, a sex toys podcast, I'm probably not interested in in helping you with that. But any other subjects, or you know, maybe not murder, or you know, <laughs> just the basic stuff. Uh, if you're interested in starting a podcast. Possibly.
1: Yeah, I was going to say though, while I'm, I'm sure you won't want to host that. That will be an interesting off the wall listen. <laughs>
0: I'd have to listen to it at least once just to see what the heck was going on. Yeah. Um, but if you're interested in starting your own podcast, maybe you you're part of a company and the company's looked at started one, but you you just don't have the resources or it seems to be a little bit too technically daunting. Um, I can help, and I meaning the stoplight network. We can help you get your podcast up and running. Some of the things that we offer, uh, potential podcasters, those who's looking to get into it is we can host a website for you and we'll keep it updated for you. We'll actually host your file, your show, the, the physical MP3 that you end up creating. Uh, we get it posted and listed in iTunes and all the other podcasting services out there. And, um, We'll take all the back-end stuff off your plate, which yeah. means all you have to do is sit down and literally record your show. That's it. We share files via Dropbox, so there's no emailing big files back and forth. You just put your finished product in a Dropbox folder that we share, and I take care of it from there. From that point on, you don't even have to think about it. So really all you have to concentrate on is your show itself, not all the back end stuff, because that's pretty daunting for a lot of people, David.
1: Uh, Absolutely. And worth, worth pointing out, you don't charge for that.
0: I don't charge for that. Uh, Although I will be honest, if it's a business, there will be a charge, um, simply because they have the the funds to do so. And I'll be honest, David, I do it for free for the, for the podcasters out there, the, but it does cost me money.
1: <laughs> Let's oh, be clear. Oh, oh yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. You don't get anything for nothing. Uh, in terms of life and and hosting and effort and that sort of thing, it's it all uh, it all takes resources. But uh, in terms of bringing new podcasters on board, you're quite happy
0: to support them. I, I'm not only happy to. I'm a, I, for me, it's an honor. It really is. Yeah. I, it, this is a medium that I really, really believe in. It's it's so much better than big media we're in control of our own content and i like listening to podcasts myself so in some regards it's kind of a selfish thing because look at i get new content to listen to um to be fair though i don't listen to every single episode of all the shows on the network i just don't have that much time in the car anymore <laughs> but you know i do listen to each show or each, yeah, each show, just maybe not each episode. So this is an open invitation to anybody listening. If you've always wanted to start a podcast, let me know. We can help, and uh, it's not going to cost you anything. So the email address to get a hold of me if you're interested is tim at techfanpodcast.com. And just to give you a quick rundown, this is the current list of shows that we're producing. As part of the stoplight network, we either do absolutely nothing other than it's in the stoplight network, or we do stuff like build their website or host their files. It's different levels of participation in the network. And by the way, if you're in the network, it, there's no huge obligations. The only thing that we ask is that you play this little bumper at the beginning, which you just heard at the beginning of this show. You're listening to another great podcast. Um, we ask you that you play that. And then we ask that you play one ad from another show in the network. So for your sh- your uh, podcast, maybe you'll play an ad for TechFan. And uh, we do that every episode on this show, David. We, we play that- another commercial for another show in the network. And <clears throat> to be honest, n- none of the other shows in the network, including us, Update our ads often enough, <laughs> so we end up playing the same ads over and over and over. Which we, we need to address that, I think, don't you? We we do. So here's the current list of shows on the network. Number one is this show you're listening to right now, Tech Fan. We also have the MyMac podcast with Guy and Gaz. We have three geeky ladies. We have Club Xbox. We have the geekiest show ever. We have Let's Talk Apple. We also have Let's Talk Photography. We have Club Nintendo. We have OWC Radio. Although I heard the host of that show is a real jerk, David. <laughs> we have the Deeper Look <laughs> Podcast. Um, we have the Mac MacGist Podcast. Oh, I'm sorry, the Mac Gist Podcast. I always like teasing them about that. And Your Own Victory Garden. That's the current being recorded on a regular basis shows. Now, maybe some of the old shows that we've uh, done in the past, maybe they've just taken a hiatus and they'll come back. And if so they'll be back in the network easily and quickly. But right now those are the live shows that uh, you could find on a weekly basis going to stoplightnetwork.com. Excellent. So there is our own little commercial, David. I wanted to cuz we never hardly ever talk about that. And I thought we, we should we should yeah. give it a little bit of lip service. And yeah. uh, you know, I'm going to reach out to the other podcasters in the network and ask them to do the same thing because I would like to see the network grow. I like to see it get more popular i like to see more and new shows coming into the network yeah that'd be good what do you got on the uh, agenda for the show next david
1: so i wanted to talk to you about cgi cgi in the movies mhm and does, is there too much cgi in the movies now and are they threatening to ruin the movies
0: well i think people have been saying that for a while i mean that's kind of the the big fear that a lot of Fans of movies have been talking about for quite a while. That it, are we at the point now where the spectacle of robots transforming into cars—that's the draw now, not the actual story, not the acting.
1: Yeah, and and it was it's funny you mention that because really Transformers Four, which I I saw with my son last weekend. Why? Um, Why would you do that really? to yourself? Well, the reason I did that is because. Alexander is eleven, yeah. okay, uh, so he's just getting to that age where we're letting him watch more grown up
0: movies, sure,
1: you know, um, I don't let him watch them on his own, um you know, we sit down and watch them together, and i I don't tend to let him watch a movie that I've not seen already, so that uh so that I've got an idea about what's be going on, but you know yeah he's he's growing up now he's he's going to be you know twelve thirteen. He's coming up on that and and really you know he's at, he's at that point where even though a lot of his friends for quite a few years have been watching stuff I think is inappropriate for somebody at that level he's now reaching that he's now reaching that age where you know he can deal with more mature things and, sure. and and
0: part and of that, as you know, with the father I've got an eleven year old daughter as well so they're yeah. they're the same age and uh
1: and uh, part of the joy of that is being able to sit down and watch you know classes of movies that you haven't been able to watch with your kids before. Um, it's nice to be able to sit down and share those experiences with your children. And um, we've been enjoying that. And yeah, you know, he's 11, so he likes robots. He likes big fighting robots. Uh, he, I took him to the Pacific Rim last year. He absolutely adored that. So I thought, you know, he's probably ready now for to, to watch the Transformers movies. And says something about what those movies are and how they appeal, but he absolutely, I mean, he, he just ate them up. Mm-hmm. He really did. And I told him we were going to watch them, um, so, so we, we bought off iTunes, the first three, um, I said, said right, we're going to, over a period of a couple of weeks, we're going to sit there and watch these together. He was, he was very, very excited, and he really, really enjoyed them. But the thing, is, watching them back to back, you see the progression of what those movies have become. And then you go and see the latest one, Transformers Four, and that's kind of the nidia, the low point,
0: <laughs> really. What's coming to The be. commercials actually made it look like it might be the best one.
1: Well, it probably is the best one, depending on what you're expecting to. And I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm no, I'm no great. Anybody who's listened to this show for a while knows, but I'm no great arty film buff. You know, I don't gonna you know, go. I, I'm not one of the people who insists that everything I watch has to be Oscar potential. You know, I I'm I think most
0: a- people that listen to the show is probably in the same boat. And yeah. I'm the same way. I, I just want to yeah. be entertained. And if that means exactly. suspending disbelief for a while, I'm I'm up to a point. I'm fine with that. Yeah. And we've discussed exactly. like Pacific Rim how I I could not let go that this is it's ridiculous. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because you, your your opinion was building giant fighting robots was a stupid way of solving that problem. Right.
0: Well, and I also <laughs> yeah. had a problem with Godzilla too. I mean, I don't yeah. know if you've seen that, but no, any, it, seen that most people have seen the commercials where he says, "Let them fight." What are you retarded? <laughs> They're heading towards yeah. San Francisco. Let them fight. No, we're not <laughs> going to let these giant alien-like beings fight. You're out of <laughs> your mind. You <laughs> just you just <laughs> want to yeah. see it you just want to see them fight, don't you? This is what this. <laughs> Let, let them fight. Yeah.
1: So, so, I don't have a problem with popcorn movies. I don't have a problem with spectacle. I don't have a problem even with stuff that doesn't really make sense in, in the real world yeah. at all. What I do have a problem with, and I, I read some of the messaging on Transformers 4 before it came out. Yeah, There was an article by the scriptwriter yeah? that was on Slash Film, and he basically said, Oh, well, you know, really, with this sort of movie. Hanging everything together with with a plot, making sure everything logical sense doesn't have to be the be all and the end all. And it's just like I, I saw that this same article. Writer of the movie, yeah, and and the process they're coming to now, and the, to bring this back to CGI, is because the CGI spectacle has, has allowed them to do this. Because you wouldn't have been able to do this twenty years ago. If you'd have done this twenty years ago, your movie would have gone straight to DVD or video. It would not have been produced. But now, because of the CGI spectacle, you can do this. So, so basically what they do is they, they sit down with these movies and they plan what they want to see. And then it's the writer's job to kind of build some sort of narrative around that. Yeah.
0: I would agree with that, that that's a problem. I would disagree with you in that I don't think that this is the norm. I think these are very rare movies that do that nowadays, and I'll give you an example. Um, and, and I think this has been a problem longer than just this Transformers Four movie. And I think we're actually heading in the other direction now. And here's why: um, Nineteen ninety nine, George Lucas's release, uh, Episode One, The Phantom Mass, yeah. terrible storyline, just terrible. Yeah. And look, we're both Star Wars fans. Yeah, you know, when the first movie came out, A New Hope, it was just called Star Wars for me. I was seven years old, yeah. so were you. It was yeah perfectly tailored for me. But those movies hold up. There was characters, uh, believable characters. Uh, there was actual reasoning behind why they were doing these things. There was skeptical people in the movie itself that kind of represented the audience, i.e., Han Solo and not believing in all this mumbo jumbo, and he'd rather just have a blaster. Yeah. Um, George Lucas does The Phantom Menace and most of the movie is done in front of a green screen the acting is terrible the story plot itself makes no logical sense at all and he continues that with the next two movies right and they're not good movies you may enjoy them but from a story perspective and especially an acting perspective they're not good at all they're pretty bad yeah. Yeah, and, but and I, then we I, come to Transformers, and I, I
1: think the at least the difference with those, and I think really where where the Transformers series, I, the first couple were okay, the, the really, it, it was three, three, and then this latest one where it just goes to town. Yeah, is even internally within the movie, it's not consistent.
0: Well, that, so, I haven't know, seen do, it, so I can't say. So, but, so, but that's an well, issue. Well,
1: I'll, I'll give you an example. But to go back to the Phantom Menace, within the Phantom Menace, yeah, at least. Well, you, you may not agree with the, the, the reasons behind the story and, and the way they do things and that sort of thing. At least within the, within the universe that's being presented to you, the characters are doing these things for a reason.
0: No, and- I would disagree with you. I would disagree. They, take, they find Anakin. They take him back to the Jedi Council in Coruscant, right? Yeah. Now they're going to go back to help Padme yeah. reclaim the throne or what. They take the kid with them. And then when they yeah. get there, the first thing they do is they, they go into a, a, a fighter hangar <clears throat> and they put him in a jet, in a, in a fighter plane. And they say, you stay here. This is the safest place for you. And magically, inside it, it, this it, it, jet is a flight helmet that's for a child that fits in perfectly. Well,
1: yeah, that, but, but he, that may be contrived. I, I would argue it's very weak storytelling. I think yeah, it's terrible
0: it, storytelling. It, I don't it, think it, it makes any logical sense at all.
1: Well, well yeah, but the... Transformers 4 is worse than this. Again, right? I have to take your... I'm, your I'm, yeah. I'm, well, I'm going to give you an example in a minute, but, but at least with that example you just gave, within the universe, you might ask that there's a bunch of terrible decisions, but the decision-making process was gone through by some of the characters that caused that circumstance. What happens in, in the Transformers movies is that you will see He's uh, a good example. There's a sequence in the middle of Transformers Four, and uh, for before anyone, if anyone thinks I'm s- I'm spoiling this movie, yeah, I am. And you know what? You're not going to lose anything. By <laughs> we, we don't yeah. really, yeah. You know what? We, we know you're we're getting. Yeah. Door, yeah, exactly. So, and in fact, basically, the plot of all the movies is the same. There is some sort of technical McGuffin uh, that the Decepticons want, and the Autobots try and stop. And they bring a couple of humans along them for the ride who are their special. In other words, spe- exactly
0: the same plot as in the first friends. three
1: yeah exactly and and uh typically there's a there's, the, there's a hero character who's a guy uh and then there's an improbably hot girl who's along for the ride as well mm-hmm. and the only difference here is this time the girl is the daughter not the not the girlfriend and she probably
0: gets basically. hot and sweaty in this movie too just like
1: well, there's, yeah there's plenty of uh they even make in jokes about the fact that she's wearing short shorts and this sort of thing yeah so yeah. anyway yeah. by the by um and, but I'll come back to that in a minute, though, because I do have a point to make about that. Um, but in this in this movie, there's a sequence where uh, the idea is is that the uh, so the sci- scientists have, have after the last movie, they've kind of uh, everyone's uh, annoyed with all the transformers. They're sick of Earth being their battleground for for their wars and everything. And so they kind of they're kind of saying, "We don't want we you know if you see any transformers technology, report it, and the government will come in and deal with it." Which um, actually is probably
0: realistic in what exactly.
1: you would expect. And, and, and also as well, what they've done is they've tried to reverse engineer the Transformer technology so they can build their own. That would make uh, sense and too. Kind of, and that, that's kind of where we get to into this movie. So there's a, there's a sequence where four or five of the remaining Transformers are being chased by the, uh, by the two or three of the new Earth-created and supposedly Earth-controlled ones. So there's one of these typical Michael Bay action sequences where they're going down a freeway and they're, you know, they're on the wrong side of the road, and there's, there's transformers behind them, and they're firing weapons, and, and they're swerving out the way, all that typical sort of stuff. There's one of the the occupants of one of the transformers the, to to avoid a weapon has to jump up, turn into a robot, throw them through the air, jump over something, and then catch them, turn back into a car again. Right. All the usual sort of stuff you'd see. Fine, as far as it goes. You know, there's still, you still start thinking, gee, all these people who are swerving and crashing all over the road. I wonder what's happening to them as this is all going around. Right. <laughs> That's by the way, yeah? Then we cut away, and the next thing we see, all the other Autobots are gone, and all the other chasing robots are gone, and it's uh, it's not also gone from being an urban freeway in the middle of a city, in the middle of Chicago, to a much smaller road out in the middle of nowhere i mean it's just like cornfields everywhere in one in one cut we go from that to that and it's purely so that we can have a one-on-one battle between optimus prime and this other chasing robot and it just cuts straight from that and this battle goes on for like five ten minutes and then um the battle is resolved and uh, spaceship comes down and takes everybody away just in time for the remaining Autobots to show up in the nick of time to not be able to do anything about it. And uh, you're looking at this and you think, how can anybody have scripted this? <laughs> Where they've gone from one literally one action sequence to another with nothing in between and everyone's completely cool with it. Yeah. Nobody says... And and, and at this point, you start realise that's because Michael Bay and his producer clearly wanted one action scene, and then they wanted a one-on-one battle, and everyone thought, oh, it doesn't really matter what happens in the middle. Yeah. And basically, every single scene of this movie is like that. It goes consistently, keeps on doing these jump cuts, where you go from one scene to another with no narrative in between.
0: But see, I think that's the. I don't think that's the norm nowadays, though. In fact, I think we're pulling away from that now. I think that filmmakers are trying to make real movies again, and I think that that trend started. Honestly, when it comes to the big spectacle movies, I think that started in recent history, anyways, with the first Iron Man movie. That there was and, and, characters, but, and there was a completely yeah. logical way that this came to be, and. You know, it, it was really, really good. And I think Marvel's a prime example, and yeah. by extension Disney, because they've owned Marvel throughout this entire yeah. process, is taking these big spectacle, green screen type movies, but they're making them actually good. I mean, the new Captain America was fantastic. Yeah. Avengers is one of my favorite movies of all time at this point. It, just from a, a fun comic book reading perspective, I mean, I, I always wanted to see that, and it was better than I thought it was going to be. But I think Transformers so is not the norm. I think that's a fringe it's a Michael Bay movie. I mean, that's what he does. And some people like it, but I don't think it's a trend in Hollywood that things are going this way.
1: I well this is what what concerns me is first of all, the point you just made exactly proves why this is even more egregious, because it's completely and utterly unnecessary. do what well, I don't know what the hell the budget of this movie was, but it was hundreds of millions of dollars.
0: Yeah, I think the I, I think it was around two hundred million.
1: And the film runs in the current in the in the theatrical cut for nearly three hours. Oh my
0: god! So it's not
1: it was not short of money, and it wasn't short of time. So in that case, I had to ask myself why on earth was it not worth the filmmaker's effort to put a little bit more effort into the plot and the story to at least make it internally consistent, so it's a consistent storytelling experience from the beginning to the end. What is it about? what they're doing that they feel that that is something that is not worth their time doing when other people have shown that actually you make better movies and that are more well received if you take that little time it's not that the cost of a script writer or the cost of rewrites is so difficult this movie has been on the table for for what four years something like that something like that yeah. yeah three four years So you're not telling me they did not have time to do it this way and yet, the, 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 and that's kind of what gets to me. It's because they are so caught up in delivering the spectacle.
0: Well, and I that heard spect- that's what the new 300 movie is, too. I haven't, I've actually got it. I haven't watched it yet. Um, but I heard that that's very similar, that it's more about the spectacle than the actual story.
1: You know what? I don't, uh, the, the, the spectacle, it, as great as, the, and don't get me wrong, the CGI in, in Transformers 4 is amazing. You, you, you believe the robots are real. You've always believed that. And they've also fixed some of the problems the early movies when when the robots were fighting, you couldn't tell who was who.
0: Right. This, I this that's fun. why I, I hated the first three movies. Yeah. I once the action started, I didn't know what the hell was going on because I it was just like CGI metal moving all over the place. I couldn't see anything.
1: This one at least they had dealt with that. But the point is, is that if you're gonna spend all that money making realistic CGI, making this thing uh, you know they've gone through the effort. They've got a whole new cast here. Um, all of the, all of this, they they put a lot of time and effort into this, and yet there are areas of it where they not only not by accident, but they have deliberately avoided doing decent work well
0: i think I the problem is michael that. bay not the entire industry if we can just get rid of that guy but he makes a lot of money for the movie theater so well, but
1: the, the, the producer movie. of this movie the, the producer of this movie has made a lot of other movies yeah um uh what's his name uh, Lorenzo lorenzo bonaventura is not um is 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 not somebody who's who only works with michael bay he's done a whole load of other movies he's done he did um uh, jack ryan shadow recruit he did one of the red the, movies yeah yeah, Man on a Ledge. Uh, you know, he, uh, Salt, Reds, GI Joe. I mean, some of these. The GI Joes are, are
0: terrible, though. Well, the Th- GI Joes are, 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 are the same wretched. problem. Yeah,
1: they, they have the same problem. But the point is, is that
0: although the last one know, wasn't as bad as the other one was, so there's something there. But I, but when it comes to the CGI thing, I think we're seeing pushback now. In fact, if you look at the Star Wars movies being made. They're not relying on CGI In fact, most of the movie is Is actual props uh, They b- rebuilt the Millennium Falcon I mean, there was a big story that um, Kevin Smith uh, The director of Clerks And uh, Dogma And Chasing Amy and, uh, But everybody knows who Kevin Smith is Got an invite from J.J. Abrams To come and visit the set He had to sign a non-disclosure So he couldn't talk about the things that he saw As far as the movie itself goes But they took him over to uh, a certain stage. I think it was stage F. And he knew what stage F was because he had seen the, the things on the internet about it. And there it was, a Millennium Falcon. And he said it was the Millennium Falcon of his youth. And as he was looking at it, you know, he, he, he felt giddy. But he's a director, he knows how the magic sauce is made. Yeah. But as he started ramp- walking up the ramp, For every step he took, 10 years was dropping off of his life. And by the time he was inside the Millennium Falcon, he was the seven-year-old again. And he was actually in the Millennium Falcon.
1: Yeah.
0: And he cried because it was so profoundly moving to him, which I totally get. I know some people are like, oh, it's just a prop. What's the, no, I get it. I would yeah. probably cry if I was on the Millennium Falcon 2 or an X-Wing fighter. In fact, they just released a new UNICEF thing. I think it's UNICEF. Um, and J.J. Abrams is standing next to an X-Wing, although this yeah. one has blue markings on it. And it looks really beat up, too. And the little mouse droid goes by him from the Imperial yeah. Star, or from the Death Star that you saw in the first movie. Yeah. It goes by him. He's like, what's that doing here? No, seriously, what what is that doing here? Um They've showed creatures that's not CGI that's going to be in the Star Wars movies. Yeah, so that tells me that they're they're kind of pulling away from the CGI spectacle. They're making more grounded, realistic stuff.
1: That's part of that. Yeah. If there's one thing though, I right? know
0: about JJ, is story comes first.
1: Yeah, that's true. But the point about that though is that um, that's being driven in part by the by the reverence and the nostalgia for the original Star Wars franchise. But
0: I'm seeing it with new stuff, too. I'm seeing it with, look, we're going to have CGI, pure CGI movies. The new Sin City coming out is all 100% CGI, but it's from Frank Miller. And I know that the story, whether you like the story or not, and I've read the book, so I know what this movie is going to be, they're kind of Norrish, they're kind of but it takes the aesthetics exactly from the comic book and translates it directly onto the screen, and it looks fantastic. And I know it's all, you know, screwing around with the colors on a computer. I know it's all the backgrounds are just CGI stuff, um, but the story's still going to be there.
1: That that's fine. But the problem is, Transformers Four made a billion dollars. Yeah. Okay. It's a movie that it, my son absolutely adored it. He said it was the best one he'd ever seen. Um, this is a movie that appeals to, you know, eleven, probably 11 to 16-year-olds.
0: Well, you know, really. David, we're always going to have very nice steakhouses, but we're still going to have McDonald's.
1: Oh, yeah, that's fine. But the problem is, when a movie makes a billion dollars, you and I both know what the suits at the studios are like. The next time an intelligent, uh, considerate filmmaker who wants to do something uh, consistent and profound and that says something is going to bring something with a, a, a bigger budget to that studio, they're going to say, yeah, but we want more action sequences, and and they're going to bring their own guys in to, to do an a, 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 air quotes here, a rewrite of the script. Who's going to do what this guy did for this stupid thing? Who's going to say, oh, well, let's just contrive a way to get this action sequence in, because that's what the studio wants, because, you know, the spectacle gets gets bums on seats. Well, Marvel rough. just
0: did the same thing with Ant-Man. You know, they, they had an agreement they were getting ready to start shooting it and they decided they wanted to go in a different direction and uh that's what they did and i
1: i I, i've the problem with i I wouldn't like to comment too much on ant-man in that the movie's not made yet right so until we see the final result and we hear what happened i wouldn't want to say that studio interference or not no Um, but i
0: will say that it, it it can lend truth to what you're saying or it's gonna lend truth to what I'm saying? Because I think you think it's a bigger problem than I think it is. And I think that a lot of the movies that I've seen lately, even the ones that aren't very good, still has a decent story to it. I'll give you a prime example. I just watched uh Need for Speed, which is based on a video game starring Aaron Paul, which was the guy I've, from I've Breaking Bad. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a it was a halfway decent movie as far as click off the the disbelief button and just kind of sit back and enjoy it but there were some parts of it that I couldn't get past Um, and now minor spoilers here you know how the end what happens to the main character at the end Yeah. now they show all these racing things and they see you see these horrific crashes because he's racing yeah which means he's directly responsible for what's going on. We're supposed to still like this character when he's causing multiple deaths behind him. Multiple deaths. I mean, some of the car crashes, there's no way the people survived. There's just no way. And then he only gets like 18 months in jail for illegal street racing. Seriously? After probably 50 cops have been killed. Lord knows how many innocent civilians that were in horrific crashes because cars were going past them and cutting them off at 150 miles an hour, 200 miles an hour.
1: Yeah, that goes back to the point that I was making before about, you know, the the chasing transformers where the same thing is going on. Right, but we're
0: supposed to still like this guy. It's like, uh, this guy is a complete asshole.
1: That is part of the suspension of disbelief, though, isn't
0: it? uh, I couldn't turn that off.
1: Well, I I agree it's becoming more of a more of a problem. And they're, they're the, the only sure thing I like could it.
0: think of, David, was when, when I was watching this, is if this happened to me, if these guys went by me like that and I saw them causing accidents, yeah. I would track those guys down and beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Uh,
1: well, yeah, I mean, they, they, <laughs> I would they, wrap they, my they, hands they, around uh,
0: his scrawny little neck until his yeah. eyes popped out of his skull. They they call it destruction porn, don't they? Because you know, like the
1: Man of Steel movie we yeah. had last summer. Yeah. where basically the whole city gets completely trashed just because these two guys are fighting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. And, yeah, and but clearly, at least in
0: that, it, yes... Uh, the, the, but they would have destroyed the city anyways. They were going to destroy the entire planet. Yeah. Everybody was going to die, so it's the lesser of two evils at that point. Yeah,
1: but... Having said that, Superman could have taken a fight somewhere where (laughs) the collateral damage was a little bit lower, couldn't he? Yeah. Um,
0: You know what? We need to take a break, David. We're, We're running long here, and we've got a few more segments. So let's take a quick break. Ever think about becoming a podcaster? Thinking, wow, you know, that's probably way too hard. Well, we have a solution. The Stoplight Network is looking for brand new shows to join the network won't cost you a dime. In fact, you might actually make some money off of it. So if you've always wanted to podcast and it seemed way too daunting, drop me a line. My name is Tim Robertson. I am the host of TechFan. I started the MyMac Podcasting at the dawn of podcasting. And I can help you get your podcast up and running. Simply send an email to Tim, that's T-I-M, at My Mac dot com. Tim at MyMac.com let's get your show ready for prime time back here on TechFan Podcast uh, I'm Tim he's David we'd love to get feedback from you guys and girls uh, it's simply Tim at com or David at TechFanPodcast.com that's how you get a hold of us or you can go to TechFanPodcast.com and leave a comment under the show notes uh, for whatever you want to discuss. And we will read them here on uh, a future episode of tech fan. And we really would appreciate if you guys start doing that, because honestly, we don't really push that real hard, David, but we don't get a whole lot of feedback, but yet I see the stats. I see the shows getting downloaded thousands and thousands of times. Um, In fact, I could tell you the last episode we hit just over 32,000 downloads for. So I know a lot of people are listening to the show, but not a lot of people are writing in. Maybe Just listening to us is enough, but I would really love to get feedback from people, get their opinion on what we're talking about, especially the whole Hollywood thing. Who do you agree with, me or David?
1: Maybe maybe after listening to us, they don't want to speak to us. That's right. These
0: guys are jerks. Um, There's something I wanted to talk about real quick, David. Uh, I had reached out to Boink Software. Uh, They make some really cool software, by the way. Boink does. And I met the uh, the head guy from Boinks at a couple Macworld Expos. He's a cool guy. And I know that they make really nice software. Uh, We've had a lot of different product reviews from them on our website at MyMac.com. And I don't know why. I kind of wanted to get a copy of uh, PhotoMagico 4. So I reached out to him like I want to do when I'm thinking about doing a product review And, uh, they replied basically that somebody at my Mac had already done it and I forgot, (laughs) I was like, ah, yeah, sorry about that. Kurt had already done the review. Um, and then they said, we'd be happy to give you a, a code though. And I said, that would be great. And I told them the reason that I really wanted photo Magico was not for me so much, although I would like to play with it a little bit, but it's for my 11 year old Brooke. She loves messing around with photos and she loves it when I do um, slideshows and iPhoto, but that's very limiting. I mean, you can't really control anything. So I thought she would really enjoy this. So she's been playing with it now for about a day, maybe two hours tops building to her in her mind, the the perfect slideshow. Now, I've said in the past, Brooke and Cole both use my old iPhones as glorified iPod touches. But the things that they do mostly with it, honestly, is they record video and take pictures with it. Hmm. Brooke likes to make her own little trailers. And, you know, she's 11, so the trailers are about what you would expect. Yeah. But she is now playing with Photo Photomagico, which connects to your your iPhoto library And, you know, you just bring the pictures right in there. It also connects with your iTunes library, so you can bring music in. You can, you know, set the different transition points, the different transition effects. So if there's like a part of a song that you want this picture to show up, you can do that really easily. Um, She's having a ball with it. I mean, this thing is, I wish I would have had something like this when I was her age, to be honest. And I enjoy watching the creative process that she goes through sitting at the computer to make these things, you know? Yeah. Now, it, to me, that's fun to watch. And for her, it's almost like a video game, you know? Yeah. She she puts the same kind of effort and concentration in doing that as she does playing anything else. And,
1: yeah, uh, my, my son's done... Um, uh, a lot of the Apple stores do an Apple Summer Camp. I don't know if they do this in the States, but but they certainly, they certainly do it here, where you can, you know, if the kids go along every day for a week, and they get to use the uh, computers and the phones and the iPads to, uh, and they they kind of they, they get the kids to use i iPhoto and and um, iMovie and that sort of thing to to build their own presentations. Yeah. And then on, on the Saturday after they've done this all week, and they get you know they give them shirts and. Uh, USB sticks and all the, all the kind of cool bra- branded stuff. And then uh, on the Saturday, we all go in and they, we get to see all the stuff all the kids have done. You know, it's a fun way to keep the kids busy for a week. And obviously, you know, they, Apple hopes that the kids will then want to buy um, devices and software. Sure. It's, it's smart so,
0: PR. And, yeah,
1: exactly. And and so he's done that. For, we Unfortunately, we didn't get the email for it in time this year, so he's not doing it this year. But he 's done it for the last two years, and he 's really enjoyed doing that and it 's very much the same sort of thing they encourage them to make their own music in garage band and then um, go around the shopping center and take photos and then build a story and do all the transitions but obviously they 're doing that using the kind of the official apple apps right. what 's nice about about what, what some of these third party developers do is they they kind of take those those ideas but then really run with them and, and you know do much more um uh, much, uh, Apple gives you a very kind of sanitized experience where you can do everything you want to do within Apple's boundaries, whereas uh, the third-party developers give you something that's much more free-form. And and
0: with PhotoMagico, for me, it's, it's a really pretty simple interface. My daughter picked up on it within five minutes. She had no problem figuring out, oh, I do this and I can do this, and then she just started playing with it. But I brought this up for two reasons. Number one, I wanted to publicly thank Boinks for sending over the code so I could download it. I would have bought it anyways, um, but free is free, right? Yeah. Um and, and giving me the opportunity to let my daughter do more with the computer that she normally wouldn't be doing. I mean, for a long time, it was Photo Booth. That was the big thing. But this is different. This is actually creating something, not just making funny faces and warping them with Photo Booth, right? Yeah. Uh, and number two, I wanted to give other people an idea of what they could do. If you've got, uh, I, and for this program and specifically, probably from seven upwards, they'll have a lot of fun with it. I mean, it's it's one of these types of apps that I think that you know almost anybody would have fun with it. I, yeah. I, I think it's it's good software. It's not cheap. It's it's a hundred bucks. It's ninety nine ninety nine. So this isn't cheap. But if you're doing slideshow type of work, it's totally worth it. And yeah, $99 is a lot of money, but that's two video games. Would you rather your kids spend hours creating these kind of slideshows and you've got something at the end to really look at? Or would you rather them play a couple of video games? I'd rather her do photo work.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And let's face it, if you've got to do, it, most of us for a birthday or some sort of family event, graduation, we'll yeah, we'll take a whole load of photos and want to present them nicely. So yep. if you're doing that more than once, that sort of money actually, that sort of investment really pays for itself. Absolutely. Um, and you know, of course, and you
0: can export out of Fo- uh, PhotoMagico as different, you know, formats. So you could bring the export right back into iPhoto and you keep it forever. It's pretty cool.
1: I I must admit, I've seen Photo Magic before. I really wish they'd do an iOS version. Because I I don't mind you, I find it much easier to sit down and work with photos now on the iPad than I do on my computer.
0: Well, I got an idea that uh, someone at Boinks may be listening to this episode because I told them that I was going to be talking about it on this episode. And uh, so there you go. There's there's what David would like to see. And I'll be honest, I would like to see that too. That would definitely be. An app now it can't be a hundred dollar app on the iPad. <laughs> it, well, it just can't. But, yeah, but a fourteen ninety nine app. There. Yeah, absolutely. That would well, be even
1: cool. even more than I. One of the things I think that for kind of decent, uh, not kind of throwaway type apps, I think the uh, the price in the app store needs to rise a little bit. You can't you can't turn out forever great quality software and then uh, expect people to pay. One ninety nine, two ninety nine for it. No, you've got a, you've got to charge a charger, a living price for it. I just bought the, um, I just bought the new Overcast app for, which is a podcast playing app from um, Marco Arment who did that uh, Instapaper. Yep. Uh, and so he's been working on this for for about a year. I looked at the screenshots.
0: Uh, it looks pretty good, but I didn't see anything so convincing that would make me stop using Downcast.
1: He's well, I was using Pocket Cast. Um so uh, yeah, I, I kind of have been trying them all, trying to find the perfect one for yep. me, and this one kind of fits the bill there's a couple of very nice features in it. First of all, he has this he 's written his own audio engine, so he has this very nice smart um, speed feature which not only will play audio at, at kind of one and a half speed, but it will listen to the podcast, and basically, if there are like I just made a gap in my sentence there, it will contract that gap out That's so cool. you can't hear it. Yeah, and it does that dynamically on the fly, and then it keeps track of how much time it's saving you. So for a typical hours podcast, on top of the one and a half speed, you'll get an extra maybe three, four minutes out of that of just dead spaces. It's eliminated between words, and you don't notice, but it saves the amount of time you have to listen to the podcast. It also has a compressor built in, so it also normalizes anybody's podcast if you've got one person's quiet and not which um is a big problem
0: problem. yeah i've heard that i I run ours through uh levelator for every episode so we do that um in post-production here on the show but i hear a lot of podcasts that don't do that
1: particularly ones that actually come off tv shows or Mm -hmm. radio shows um, for some reason, when they can, maybe because they've just got interns turning so into podcasts, yep, but they're exactly not why. they're not doing that. So, um, so that's really good. Plus, as well, it it has a very simple model where basically there's not a lot of options in terms of how you download what you download. It basically says you download, you don't. You have playlists, um, but the playlists are uh, kind of fluid. They it, it will sort the playlist in the order it thinks you want, including prioritizing some shows. But then, if you want to adjust the order, you want to move something, to home, you can do that, and it doesn't get upset about that. Whereas, pretty much every other podcast app I've ever used, either it imposes the order or it gives you just complete free reign. It doesn't have anything in between. It's a really nice app. It's free to download, and then to to pay him, it's a four ninety nine in app purchase, right. and you get a couple couple of extra features on lots. And I thought initially, I thought, oh, that's a bit expensive for a podcast app, and I thought four ninety nine for the amount of effort he's put in and how much i like it it's not worth thinking about yep so you know i do i do think that that for for those sorts of apps something you're going to be using all the time and um, maybe the prices need to be a bit more than the uh, the chump change we pay for some of the other stuff in the app store. absolutely agree we've
0: got a few more things to go through before we wrap up david and we're going to go a little bit longer this time but we do need to wrap up within probably eight minutes here because okay. my wife is going to be coming home i've got a, a an important meeting an hour from now and then you heard the phone call I took during the break that yeah. I've got to go somewhere um, yeah. OS 10 opens their public beta now so anybody who was interested in Yosemite can now sign up and download and my understanding is tons of people are doing this I understand the excitement around Yosemite uh, and OS 8 uh, iOS 8 but mm-hmm. Man, I do. All these people have an extra machine to run this song, or are they just rolling the dice and putting on their Mac and uh, using Beta
1: OS? Know, yeah,
0: you know what the answer is. Like. Man, that's crazy. I mean, I'm a big fan yeah. of OS 10. I have been since OS 10 was built. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I, I was in the audience when Steve Jobs first showed OS 10. Okay, yeah. I, I've been using it longer than anybody, you know or at least as long as anybody else you know. That being said, man, there's no way I'm going to run a... I can understand using a beta service for something that's not mission critical. I can even see using maybe some beta software that I want to test that's not mission critical, that's not going to destroy my my data. But the operating system itself, no freaking way.
1: There's no way. Well, yeah. I—I I mean, you, you'd like to hope that many people downloading are going to install it onto a separate partition or maybe to a separate. And some drive people will, and I'm, I'm sure the people is, listening yeah,
0: but, to this show are smart enough to do that. Yeah. But you know, that's not the vast majority of people.
1: The big thing for me with the Yosemite beta is that um, you don't get a lot of the benefits that were shown at WWDC unless you're also running iOS eight. Right. So, and you can't—you can't, you can't base for iOS eight. You have to be in the developer program to get that. So. To me, that's one disincentive not to do it right now, because really the kind of features I'd like to play around with aren't going to be there unless my iOS devices are updated too. The other thing as well is that the other big things, like some of the iCloud changes, that's a one-shot conversion process. So if you set your iCloud to be yosemite compatible to give you the iCloud drive and stuff like that, then basically it stops working on all your non-Yosemite ios 8 devices mm-hmm. so again that's another disincentive to me to say i, I do work would you really want to trust all your iCloud data to a beta
0: well i don't know if they're going to do this in the beta or not but in the developer releases so far they've been erasing iCloud data they've been resetting it that would scare yeah. the crap out of me <laughs> yeah, exactly so but the other the photos all gone right so, yeah, sorry you can resync them all <laughs> Uh, the other story that I had on our show notes, David, was uh, Amazon announced yesterday, Thursday, that it lost 126 million uh, in the last quarter. Yeah, um, you think they're starting well, to they, spread themselves a little thin?
1: I, I, I they are becoming more scattergun. You know, they have they're they're almost becoming Google-like in the amount of things they're trying. Well,
0: they uh, they also and, keep announcing these pie-in-the-sky things that are years away from happening. And and instead of focusing on, oh, I don't know the stuff that they're actually selling and making money on.
1: Yeah. um, They're they're generating a lot of revenue. It's just, they are plowing most of that revenue back into the business. Um, and it doesn't leave much over for profit or in this case, it, it, it creates a loss. I think they are spreading themselves a little bit thin in that, in that they are doing now too many things for me. Yep, you know they—they they just announced this uh, Amazon Prime uh, book subscription service, but there's hardly any books in it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the idea is you—is you get for free with your Prime subscription, you get access to kind of a, a, a downloading downloadable book service where you don't buy the books, you just can access them all. But it, it has a very small collection of not very good books in it, apparently. Yep. Um, you know, it's not. Doing new things just improve the things you've got. I mean, Prime Video needs to be improved. It needs to have more content in it. It needs to be. If you want that to turn that into a competitor to Netflix, it needs to be on a par with Netflix. At the moment, it's not. It Doesn't have enough stuff in it. Nope. Um. You know the uh, the the investment in the in the main business is being crowded by some of these other things like the like the uh, the drone delivery and.
0: That that was the my point. They're, 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 and all all the PR that they're getting is for this crap that's just not going to happen, maybe yeah. ever. It's the it's phone, vaporware the
1: stuff. They, yeah. the phone they did. The reviews are coming out this week. Terrible. It's a hell of it now, and it's just not good.
0: No, it's it's worse the than not good. good. It, it's terrible. Uh, yeah. I haven't seen one review, and I've read it probably a dozen so far. but I haven't one, read one yet that says, "Yeah, you should buy this phone," or even, yeah. "You should buy this phone if." it's they're not good at all and uh yeah i don't know i don't know what's going on with amazon we've publicly said it many times on this podcast we're both fans of amazon we both use amazon we're both prime members and uh yeah the 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 netflix for books idea i like the idea but not if you can't get any book you want on there and if it's very limiting well and then on top of that that should be a free service if you're a prime member I, don't don't ask yeah. me for more money. Another 10 bucks a month. Really? I don't think so. Yeah. I, I,
1: yeah, I, don't, I didn't see that either. Now, I signed up to a, a similar service from Marvel yesterday. mm mm-hmm. uh, Marvel Unlimited. They, they've got a, with the Comic-Con in San Diego this week, they've got a deal on... I haven't, I haven't seen this.
0: What is it? You, you should...
1: So, so basically, they have a, a... It's called Marvel Unlimited. So normally, it's uh, $10 a month or less if you pay for a year up front. Mm-hmm. And this basically gives you access to pretty much their entire back catalogue of comment comics. Mm-hmm. Um, well, certainly, I'm, I'm, for somebody who's probably not a big comic fan as you, that I found that there was far more than stuff in there than ever I could. But read.
0: does it also and include I, the new stuff?
1: It's, it normally runs about six months behind the new stuff. Yeah,
0: see, I'm not interested. I, I'm told.
1: Well, you see, for me, who hasn't read a lot of that old stuff. Oh it's yeah, it's, cool. it's probably you can and sign I, up
0: for that for six months and have. Content coming out the wazoo, but for me, I've read most of the old stuff. So, unless yeah. it's it's day to day what's coming out in the stores, I'm just not interested. It,
1: yeah, well, I guess I guess they they're banking on the, you know the upfront digital sales for that.
0: Well, then, I also then, think that Marvel doesn't make any money on back issue sales. That's all used sales at comic book stores. So this is their way right. to get their hand into that money pot, and I think it's smart for that, but. It, it for me it has to include the new stuff coming out but the reason uh-huh. that it's, it's six months behind is because they're trying to maintain the relationships and yeah. the profitability of the independent comic book stores but the independent comic book stores are all going to be closed within five years anyways it just is, I'm sorry to say there's yeah. some great companies out there but the vast majority is going to be gone in five years as more and more and more new comic book readers come into the market and they want to read it on their tablet that's just, uh, that's yeah, just yeah. the way it is.
1: You know, you know what's going to sign the death knell of that is when the first publisher publishes a, a book that starts a title that just starts online. They've There's already done that, but ones.
0: not not the the big ones yet. Yeah. Yep. First,
1: first time Marvel or DC do that. Yep. Shows so
0: over. with that, we're going to wrap up this uh, episode. I know we didn't get to one subject. Let's carry that over to next week, and that's uh, GoPro. I'm I'm very yep. interested in hearing your take because I've never really followed GoPro. I mean, I've seen some really cool videos. I know that they had that promotion where Superman's wearing a GoPro and uh, yeah, well, that was I really, really cool. To,
1: yeah. I thought it might be interesting to talk
0: about some, mm-hmm. some topics which we
1: neither of us know really very much about. Yeah. Absolutely. So, discuss our impressions and then maybe see if, if anybody in the audience has got anything to add.
0: Absolutely. Once again, we want to invite anybody listening to the podcast send in your feedback. We'd really love to, to hear from you and to get some feedback on the show. Tim at TechFanPodcast.com or David at TechFanPodcast.com. We'll be back in one week with another exciting episode of TechFan. And remember, if you need more podcasting, uh, go to StoplightNetwork.com. And I do have another show that I record uh, currently every other week, um, and I have a brand new episode that came out this week of OWC Radio. And I actually do an interview, a good forty-five minutes, with the CEO and the founder of OWC. And that's uh, Larry O'Connor. So make sure you, O'Connor. So make sure you uh, take a listen to OWC Radio. So thanks for being here, David. I'll see you next week.